Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cocky Top Podcast, home of the SEC football show where forever to the Gamecock Brian Lowe and all the all Tyler McDaniel put their friendship to the test during a grueling football season, all while highlighting and fighting for their volunteers and Gamecocks, respectively, throughout their season, as well as our thoughts on other teams in the conference, as well as the league. So regardless if you're a volunteer or a Gamecock or somewhere in between, let's kick this thing off and talk some ball. Alright all you cock and balls and welcome to another episode of the Cocky Top Podcast. As always, I am forever to the Gamecock, Brian Lowe. And I'm of all Tyler Mack. And we are joining you this week as we know that both of our teams are going to absolutely demolish yes, they are. their competition this week. Yes, because it is indeed the bye week for both mm-hmm. the Gamecocks and the Volunteers. For this week, so we're going to definitely use this opportunity to be able to get some players healthy, mm-hmm. uh, some people that were banged up in that matchup over here in Knoxville at Neyland Stadium this past week, where the Volunteers did come out victorious, 41-20 to over my Gamecocks. And quite honestly, I really did not see very many scenarios. I, I, I honestly felt this one, mm-hmm. if I'm removing the, the, the garnet glasses and mm-hmm. everything else, this was a Marvel in-game scenario. There was only one, one, one outcome, yeah. one time that that Doctor Strange had yeah. watched all the possible scenarios to where the Gamecocks could have won this one, and <laughs> this this wasn't that one time. This was definitely not that one time. It. It so kind of a dick move of him, right? If you look back at it, it like was. He wouldn't even say a word. He just said, "Oh, there's one." Yep. Like you're not gonna. I told you it wouldn't happen. Right, and then later on, locks eyes and then holds up the one finger, and he's like, <sighs> "This is it. Oh, yep. that's me. Okay." And and unfortunately, uh, the Gamecock Stark in this scenario being Spencer Rattler, he wasn't able to make the mm-hmm. come through with the sacrifice mm-hmm. play, as it were. Fortunately, Volunteers were able to get back uh, center, Cooper May, which definitely had a, a, a true a, impact in the game. A big impact. Uh, and definitely makes things look look toward the the positive direction for uh, Volunteer fans moving forward. So. Hopefully. Uh, what a uh, question I, I want to put to you, and then I'll answer my own question. What are some things that you think the Gamecock should work in, work on in this this off time, this extra time resting, this extra oh, practice just, time. Just um, continue gelling all along the offensive line uh, and then trying to get more reps, getting more time for those younger players, uh, getting them more experience, valuable experience, um, making a few adjustments, especially in the uh, pass blocking mm. uh, side of things. Um, run blocking seems to, if they, if they, continue with it instead of abandoning it abandoning it i think that that the gamecocks could definitely make strides in the passing game or in the running game uh mm-hmm. for sure especially with mario anderson i think he's gotten to a point to where if he knows he's going to be carrying the ball um things can happen but whenever he's needing to throw a chip block or something like that that's whenever things are a little dicey still yet but mm-hmm. beyond that i i, I really think that uh, the the continued gelling 
or building yeah. gelling along the offensive line is is a key, uh, especially in the pass block, just to be able to give Rattler more time because we know as long as he's got time, uh, yeah, he can cook. Yeah, so I have to agree. Uh, I think our our big big thing that we need to work on, aside from getting some players healthy, because you know Brew being out the rest of the seasons, it's a big. It's a pretty big loss, right? Um, especially uh, the target that he is for Milton. He's one of those kind of like some of the older players that Hendon had uh, to throw to. Uh, you know, he's just, he was just one of those targets that we knew coming into the season uh, he would be a go-to. Um, so, right. so we got to fill that hole. Uh, we got to find uh, some gelling there. We also have to find some gelling in the O line as well. It is great to have Mays back as our, our kind of ring general, if you will. Uh, oh, for sure. I mean, that's something that I had I had yeah. noticed from, from listening to some of the other uh, uh, personal media or, or, or like Josh Pay, mm-hmm. uh, Cole Kublik, these guys uh, were saying, of course, that having, having May back, I mm-hmm. mean, he's able to direct traffic more. He's, like you said, the reference, the full-on field general. Mm-hmm. Um and having his leadership there mm-hmm. um, is just the presence being there. It, yeah. it invokes more out of the the people to the left and to the right of you. So, but the other thing that has me worried uh, that hopefully they they can figure out more before we go into A uh, and M next weekend, uh, which we are checkering Nealon apparently for the A and M game uh, next weekend. Um, is is his being back still game time decisions, or is he back back, or is that worry, or is that that worry of like, well, you know, uh, he was back and he did well, but let's let's so not knowing that because still, you know, they're they're very. I will say the one thing that I will I will say against us is. There are times where I think we aren't transparent and letting people know, like you know, oh no, they're hurt, they're injured, they're out, they're game time. They're it's just like yeah, we're gonna we're gonna, you know, and I get that you, you don't want to release a lot of that. Right, part of it is fully fully yeah. psychological. Yes. Whenever it comes to uh, game planning, especially trying to throw off an opponent, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you as an opponent have a week basically mm-hmm. to prepare for whoever it is that you're going up against. And and if you're game planning, if the, the practice squad that you've got your your number one offense is going out, you know, trying mm-hmm. to practice against a defense or vice versa, um, you're, you're trying to prepare for specific pe- people that play a specific way. And whenever those people wind up not being the same people, mm-hmm. then that kind of throws your game plan out the window and you've mm-hmm. got to make adjustments and if you can't make adjustments i mean that's where you know some teams can can catch you off kilter yeah for sure uh the gamecocks are notorious for for turning uh first time quarterbacks uh or backup quarterbacks into potential heisman candidates mm-hmm. after single games just because the the defensive adjustments have not been made to take into account for whomever the backup quarterback yeah. would be coming in. So that, that's one thing that I think, and I, I think that we just need this time uh, because I will say that 
the way that our offense runs, and as much as I love the way our offense runs, it opens up more potential than not for injury, exhaustion. Oh yeah, because you of know, the, just wear the speed. and tear on our players. And at the end of the day, uh, and I would say the same thing uh, if you know you have an issue with a player. Like at the end of the day, these are kids. Oh yeah, you know, and and people and human beings, and we're so Unless you're fragile. Georgia and you've got yes, twenty plus. Unless year you have olds. a forty-year-old as a quarterback uh, playing playing for you, um, you know. So uh, I guess uh, the the thing that I want to work, I hope that they're really working on is just staying healthy, because for sure. every player, especially with Brew out, especially with Mays, questionable day in and day out. Um, is so necessary to finish out this season in a positive light because for sure like i said last week we're the win was great um the wins we've had we've only got one loss still so you know things can't be counted out yet but we aren't the same tennessee we were last year so we need every potential weapon we can yes uh i would agree now since we do have the the time off uh, for our mm-hmm. respective teams, we do get to take a little bit more time and look a little bit more in depth into some of the other games that are going to be happening around the SEC this week. Um, I think we are going to start with the East and let's go ahead and talk about uh, Vanderbilt, Florida, for this week. Uh, of course, Kirby Smart, Georgia head coach, went on record. Uh, this week and said that he feels that every SEC team should be ranked in the top 25. Yeah. Um, which, while that, that can be argued for a majority of the teams, and, and I'm not trying to fully loop South Carolina into this one, uh, especially the way things have started off this year. However, um, we can't forget about Vanderbilt and, and how they they routinely do. Uh, this game is set for being in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium down in the swamp there mm-hmm. in Gainesville. So the Commodores are, are going to have to sail their way down to uh, lovely Florida. It's a tough play to play, place to play. As volunteers all, mm-hmm. oh, and Gamecocks know all too well, uh, the, the number of games that have been won in Gainesville by not Florida Gators is not that many. Mm-hmm. It really isn't. Uh, the Swamp is definitely one of the toughest places to play. Um, but Vanderbilt, 2-4, and 0-2 in SEC play. Like I said, traveling to Florida to take on the 3-2 and two Florida Gators. They are 1-1 one one in conference play. Right now, the line on that game is Florida is favored by 18.5 points. So, uh, at least a 2.5 touchdown favorite mm-hmm. going into this one. Uh, with the over-under being 52 points on that game. As far as your your main players for this one um, are the ones to look for, uh, it's on, honestly leaning toward Vanderbilt. Uh, A.J. Swan, quarterback for Vanderbilt, so far on the year, 1,290 yards uh, with 11 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, uh, and wide receiver Shepard for Vanderbilt, 32 catches on the year for 443 yards, and seven of A.J. Swan's 11 touchdowns going to Shepard. On the Florida side, running back uh, Trevor Etienne, so far 60 carries on the year, 358 yards, and two touchdowns. On paper, Vandy's numbers, those aren't bad. They're not. That's pretty offensive numbers. 
but it's just the the opponents that they're going up against and that's something that i i uh heard on one of the other um sports shows that i listened to uh same thing goes for kentucky it's like you're not hearing so much about the the offensive play Mm -hmm. but the fact that teams like kentucky in this case not so much vanderbilt but kentucky's being able to keep teams below yeah a, a certain point average whereas the sec or just just college football play in general you're having to score 40 50 or more points to be able to win a game yeah. because defenses have not been you know as prominent um but florida as tennessee knows has a a fantastic defensive front and i yes. really don't think that Especially being in the swamp that Vanderbilt, even though Vanderbilt has gotten a win over over Florida recently, yeah, um, just last year, mm-hmm. which was shocking to me as a Gamecock fan because Vanderbilt upsets Florida and we get taken to the woodshed mm-hmm. in Gainesville and didn't even score an offensive point during that game mm-hmm. and then of course we had the follow-up with tennessee, follow up tennessee that year and then the next week we beat the crap out of vandy yeah so it's like so it's i, see, I mean and, and I, that's the thing that i will say in agreement with what kirby smart said is any sec saturday any sec team is yeah is, has is, bound, is bound to do it i don't think you can say any saturday for many other conferences no there's there's just something about an SEC team, even our bottom of the barrel ones, right, are going to be up. a higher caliber. Yes, can than show what up and shock everyone. Um, I'll be the first to say, you know, I absolutely would love to anchor down and see an upset in the swamp, but you know, I, I just don't see it happening. I, I this is this is almost like me, you know, saying that someone's going to come in and take care of business against Alabama. Uh, I I fully feel you on this one. Uh, I'm with you. I'm going to take Florida on this one. Um, I don't know if Florida covers. I might take Vanderbilt to cover if I was going to be betting on this one. Um, And I do think the over-under is going to be over 52 points. Okay. I think this is going to be a little bit higher scoring game. I think Graham Mertz gets a little bit of a groove going on against Mm. a subpar Vanderbilt defense, mm-hmm. um, just because Vanderbilt defense really is not, especially up front. Yeah, uh, um, and but Florida's weakness in the secondary could be could provide prime for Vandy to capitalize, which which of course does open up the gates for being the over fifty two points for that game. Mm-hmm. So it could just turn into an offensive shootout. But I do believe that the defensive front for Florida is going to be able to create enough pressure and yeah. get after. Uh, AJ Swan enough. It's on interesting the to me side. how much you can say that about all of our SEC teams this year is shootout. Yeah, because defenses are and then it comes irregularly weak in the SEC right now. Yeah, and then it of course comes down to QB play mm-hmm. and the receivers that they have available to throw to. If they've only got one receiver to be able to throw to, most of the time the defenses are going to be able to take care of it. Yeah, but. If you do have somebody as a number two that does have a possibility to be able to get, you know, get in there, take care of, you know, some of that, that workload, then, you know, mm-hmm. look out. But, yeah, uh, I think Florida is going to take this one. Like I said, I think Vanderbilt will cover. So, give me Vanderbilt to cover on this one and over 52 on this game. 
let's do one from the west. Uh, let's see. This is going to be Mississippi State. Mississippi State is the only team that is going to be on some non-conference action as they will be taking on Western Michigan. Both teams sitting at 2-3 and three on the season right now. Mississippi State is favored by 20 and a half points, so just shy of three touchdowns on that one, with the over-under currently sitting at 56 and a half points for that game. Um, so even though it's non-conference, they're still expecting a high-scoring game. A very high-scoring game, uh, and I want to say that this is probably more so on the side of the lack of defensive talent yes. on the Mississippi State side. Um, notable players for this game, of course, Mississippi State quarterback Will Rogers, who is right now at 1,086 yards on the year, seven touchdowns and four interceptions. And his number one receiver, Tulu Griffin, with 25 receptions, 409 yards, and three touchdowns on the season. On the other side, from Western Michigan, uh, Buckley, running back, 94 carries, 557 yards, and five touchdowns on the season. So Western Michigan's definitely got the ground game figured out. And the the three three five defense that Mississippi State typically runs is one that is usually hampered mm-hmm. uh, or one that usually hampers running backs. South Carolina was able to find a decent ground game against them, uh, which seemingly disappeared uh, going up against Tennessee with the exception of a few. Of Super you Mario. Know, of Super Mario uh, getting his star power uh, on a couple of those runs. But beyond that, uh, like I said, I mean, that's that seems like it is going to be uh, Western Michigan's only real uh, um, offensive weapon mm-hmm. for this game. While I, I, my Vanderbilt has better QB and receiver numbers than Mississippi State. For sure, and that's, that's really, crazy. really – but considering if you look at Will Rogers' career yeah, numbers. That's crazy. But whenever you're not in the right type of offensive – Scheme. It goes to show it, it, uh, yeah. the change that 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 has been instituted at Mississippi State since mm-hmm. the loss of the Pirate. Yeah, this of course will be a home game for the Cowbells, so you will have plenty of noise going on there in Starkville. Um, while I definitely do not see the the Bulldogs losing, I don't know that they're going to be able to cover. Same for Florida. Um, so I think that, that Western Michigan will cover uh, and this over-under. Um, I'm honestly thinking this 56.5 points is probably going to be fairly fairly accurate. Plus, that's a 12 o'clock kickoff in Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. Uh, which means um, 12 o'clock here, 11 o'clock there. 11 o'clock there. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't think... Western Michigan wins, uh, especially um, especially with what uh, the some the things that Mississippi State has been able to make work this year. However, again, they are not the Mississippi State of the Pirate years. Of they are not an air raid Mississippi State anymore. 
Um, no, and that's Will Rogers' yeah, forte. That, that's and his that's, bread and that butter. That sucks for Will Rogers, considering his career that he's had in the past. But I really don't think it's going to have a huge negative impact on his draft stock as much as people may no. think, just because of the fact they are going to be able to look back at the Mike Leach-led offenses and they'll and be then like, look oh, well, Zach he Arnett can work with us see, because you know, he's, he's been known to do it. Yes. So, yeah, give me Mississippi State wins, but uh, I would absolutely agree defensively. I don't think they can uh, they can keep Western Michigan uh, from scoring. Yeah. So. Uh, after that one, let's go back to – let's stay in the West. Mm. Uh, let's do Arkansas Ole Miss. The Hogs are going to be traveling to Oxford. Yes, especially uh, after taking the loss, uh, Arkansas taking the loss to A&M, mm-hmm. and then Ole Miss, of course, losing to Alabama. Uh, they are going to be going back home and be in, uh, quote-unquote, wounded animal mode. Uh, well, they, a lot more But this last weekend, they, they had that shootout against LSU. Oh, that's right. I'm, yeah. Um, yeah. So, still yes, they have a back. victory. But still, it was a close game against LSU and <laughs> that they had to pull out in seconds. The the very last, the last minute of the game was yeah. was wild, very Just wild. It was an offensive game, such an offensive game that I, I will say that Ole Miss's defense better have been practicing because yes. if Ole Miss's defense that showed up against LSU shows up against Arkansas, we can see just as big an upset for Arkansas. Oh, for sure, just because, I mean, they've already shown that they can go toe-to-toe with some of the big dogs mm-hmm. in the West still yet mm-hmm. this year as well. Um, that game right now sitting at uh, favored Mississippi or Ole Miss uh, by 11.5 points, and then the over-under for that one is 62.5. Uh, apparently they're expecting a full-fledged shootout between Jackson Dart and uh, K.J. Jefferson between those two, uh, but most notably between those two. Uh, Jackson Dart is leading with 1,485 yards, 11 mm. touchdowns, and two interceptions on the season. But uh, it is under the lights in Oxford. Yeah. And and that stadium apparently has some magical properties mm. um, whenever it does come to those game times and that type of stuff. So, um this one's, this one's hard a, to call. This one is a tough one for me, um, and I think that part of it for you, uh, or what might sway you a little bit more, uh, is just the fact that almost Rebels, yes, are coached by Lane Kiffin. Um, my heart says Arkansas, but my brain says Ole Miss. Yeah. Um, I do think in this scenario, Ole Miss will cover. They are going to cover the 11.5. I believe it will be a two-touchdown victory or more. And probably in this scenario, a defensive touchdown will likely be the difference Mm -hmm. for Ole Miss. I can see that. Um, I think it's going to be under 62.5. I think there is going to be a bit more solid defensive play from both sides Mm -hmm. uh, in this one. Um, But, yeah, I think it's going to be Ole Miss over Arkansas for this one. You know, just to be different, and and maybe I have my Vogels on. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm I'm going to go with Arkansas upsets Ole Miss at home. 
Okay. Not okay. by much. Not by much. It's no. going to be a close game. You think in field goal? I think goal? it's going to be a field goal. Or less? Oh, it the, would the, be crazy if there was the like Arkansas a freak score. safety it, or, during the game. Well, that's no, like, just, that's the two points that... Or, or a single point. Or like a single Arkansas point, yeah. is down by three yeah. or by, by two. They kick the field goal and they go up by one sort of scenario. And... Ole Miss throws, like in the final seconds, Ole Miss throws an interception, and they just drop. Drop, yep. Yeah. I could see that happening, God, especially with the that. way that, that uh, Arkansas has a tendency. You know how you likened Arkansas as the Tennessee of the Tennessee West? Tennessee of the West. I yeah. think now with how everything is picking back up, the realignments, the new teams, and mm-hmm. everything else, I think South Carolina and Arkansas are kind of on that same playing field now. At any point in time, they can play a spoiler to anybody in the division if given the the right amount of time and and the proper resources coaching yeah. staff and stuff like that 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 a a full-on run could be made for yeah. more than just a bowl game in a season so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm 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 put my my record right now on the line which we need to sit down and and, and get and revised and get see revised where we're at on and, that. and see where we're at. But I'm gonna put my decently successful record so far in the season on the line and say Arkansas upsets Ole Miss. Arkansas takes the victory on that one. Yes, for barely Tyler Mack with a with just by the by the hog hair by the hog hair by the hog hair on their skinny skin skin. <laughs> What's up, legends? This is Tyler. Just stopping in here. To remind you about our T Public store. That's T E E P U B L I C T Public.com. Search Legends Studios and you're going to be able to find all of the attire that we create ourselves that they do to your order and ship it straight to you. Now, there are always great deals going on. We run some deals individually, but you can find your Between Two Barrels podcast shirts cocky top podcast 30 and nerdy podcast and some other fun designs that we may do for legends studios do not forget to check out the t public store under legend studios now let's get back to the podcast cheers to you legends if you're enjoying the cocky top podcast with brian and tyler then you will also enjoy other legend studios productions check out between Two Barrels with Brian and Opie and the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with Josh and Tyler. If you enjoy those and want to know more about Legend Studios, find us on Legend Studios in Instagram and Facebook. Enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, let's move on. Uh, we're going to stay in the West, mm-hmm. and we are going to talk about Alabama versus Texas A&M, with right now the winner of this game more than likely being in the current driver's seat for the SEC West. Yes. Uh, Alabama will be heading to Ooh. College Station, to Kyle Field, to take on the Aggies. Um, right now, this this is the closest a game could be. The line for this game right now is Alabama is favored by one point. So not, not total, even a touchdown. Yeah. The total over-under for this game is currently set at 46 points. 
Oh, wow. So one small possession difference. Yeah, is, I mean is the this, call for this game. Yeah, this could even be like a missed PAT mm-hmm. or whatever. Wow. One point difference. Alabama is favored just by a single point. That's basically saying that one blade of grass would be out of alignment and could cause a player to slip and fall just shy of the mm-hmm. whatever yard line and and that be That'd you be know that's it that's the and this is the an alabama like i said you know now they're sitting at 11 um still out of the top 10 but the last time they were out of the top 10 like 2015 or something like that they came back they won, won a natty. national championship yeah um so i will never say that a game is in the books against alabama like because they're alabama Right. Um, and this isn't the 90s Alabama. This is a different monster who's had their 15 years of dominance. Uh, granted, there's so much noise, so many voices around the SEC going on about Alabama right now. Like, Saban should retire, get rid of him. This is not the Alabama. Bama can still Bama this thing and embarrass a- oh, for sure. A and M, especially since he's gotten a he he got away from the 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 PC the calm down the check your blood pressure mm-hmm. like I, I think he got tired more so of people calling him out about that type of stuff like Saban coach goat where's yeah. the fire man yeah. where's the Saban of old mm-hmm. and then Miss Terry was like he's been doing uh, commercials for yeah. Aflac that's where he's been doing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's gotten calm in his uh, his commercial days. So give me Alabama to win. What's the over under? Uh, Forty six. Forty six points. 46. So they're expecting to be a, a fairly defensive game. Yes. Yeah. This We're looking at defensive. three touchdowns and a field goal apiece to to roughly get around that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think Bama wins with a blocked field goal. Ooh, like what? Like what, one they field what they couldn't? What they couldn't do against Tennessee? Yes. yes. They. All I think. Right. I think it's somewhat of a mirror. I think they're up by two or something, and and it's it's and down to the wire it. for for A uh, and M. I don't the field think goal they perform. I think, like I said, I think it's a defensive game, and I think. I'm not saying that we see all three quarterbacks at Bama, but... uh, Possibility that we see more than Milrow. Possibility we see more than Milrow. So, give me Bama to win. And here's the thing right now. They're still listing Connor Wegman, who is A&M's starting quarterback, who has gone down and is out for the season, as one of the bigger performers right now for this game, or or for the the prospective teams, uh, according to ESPN. So they haven't um, even updated the fact. So that, that really hasn't even been updated uh, in that aspect. Um, this one is even more difficult for me to pick than the uh, uh, Arkansas Ole Miss. Um, I really don't have much negative connotation. I'm telling you, I would I w- toward either. Yeah, I, I. 
I mean, this is one of those where it's like either one could lose or either one could win, and I really don't care. Yeah, it's not a but, game where, but I would like to see Bama drop a little more. I right. mean, I call as, Bama as a volunteer. But, yeah, but would not shudder at an upset, right? And see them fall even more in the top. I mean, 25. In, in in this capacity, we've we've beaten Texas A and M once in the last seven eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, we're one and one against Bama in that. Mm-hmm. Not even that same time span because we don't play all that often. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have fewer losses in the last 25 years to Alabama than we do to Texas A&M. So, uh, I mean, history saying that I shouldn't bet against Alabama and and in that, or bringing up that statistic, I'm going to say uh, Alabama over an a and Yeah, I've already picked my upset. Yeah, so... Uh, I think I'm saving my upset for this next one. Okay. Uh, and that is going to be a top 25 matchup between LSU and the Tigers of Mizzou. So we got a another cat, ti- fight, another cat fight, another tiger battle uh, in uh, Columbia, Missouri. This time in Como. Mm. Um, right now, LSU coming into this game three and two overall, two and one in conference play. Missouri five and zero. Oh. One and O in conference play right now. Uh, the upset in this one, honestly, is Mizzou beating LSU because LSU right now is favored by five points with the over under for this game okay. sitting at 64. So, according to Vegas, they do not care that Missouri is undefeated and they do not care that it is taking place in Missouri for home field advantage for Mizzou. They still say LSU by five points. I think that Mizzou handles their business, and honestly, I would not be surprised if Mizzou is not sitting at the top of the SEC East this year, Uh, followed potentially by Kentucky. We'll get to that game. Yeah, there's a possibility that that depending on what happens this week, and you're right, we're going to be discussing that game here in just a minute, uh, that that Georgia could suffer its first loss of the season. And then you're looking at um, a five-way battle, four-way battle. No, if Georgia loses this week, then you'll be looking at a a – no, because Mizzou will not have lost one. It'd be a – so it would be a four-way battle, way for, battle second. for second place with Mizzou sitting firmly in number one spot. And or no, wait, won't. Kentucky hasn't either. No, Kentucky yet. Kentucky Ugh. beat Florida. They'd be tied for first. So, yeah, Kentucky and Mizzou would be tied for first, and that's how. And if you'd have said that to me at, at any the beginning point in the of last the season, 10 years, yes. I'd have been like, you're out of your damn you're mind. You're out of your <laughs> mind. But, yeah, um, Jaden Daniels, quarterback for LSU, 1,710 yards, 16 touchdowns, and two interceptions on the year. However. Against a deadly combo. However, Missouri quarterback is now right. uh, Brady Cook is now sitting at uh, almost 360, 370 pass attempts. No interceptions. It, it, yeah, I can't. and then and then he has and then he has Luther Burden catching those passes, who right now has forty three catches on the year for six hundred forty four yards and five touchdowns. I I feel like this is going to be Mizzou's game. 
I just think that between their their continued progress and and my SEC East Vogels would absolutely hate that even more because well, well I mean I'm going to as well just yeah. because of the fact that we haven't had the best luck against Mizzou and uh, a coach Drinkowitz but just at the same general. time though, there's something about it they're like aside from these new additions coming next year these were one of the last teams to come into the SEC East before of course now we've got Texas and Oklahoma yes now we have Texas yeah. and Oklahoma and when they showed up yep 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 then they've sucked and it's been this but they kind of joke they've also managed to to get to the dance they have at least they've, once at least once they'll be unbearable like thankfully unbearable. we just don't really have to deal with it much in this area here no no, no. I mean, on social media boards, stuff yes. like that, yeah. Most, But most on social media boards, keyboard warriors are unbearable, no matter what the fan base. Your, fa- your team could go, uh, like there's this guy who I made the mistake of following for the last few years on TikTok. He's a big Kentucky fan. He does like a local radio station. You would think the way he talks and the way he acts and the way he trash talks, especially Kentucky-Tennessee weekend, that they have owned us our entire lives. And that they have won national championship after national championship. There is <laughs> a laughable insanity to this guy. And I'm like, so that's people, just everybody. People gaslighting their own fandom? Yeah. It's like, let me tell you something, man. You like Tennessee. They blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, dude, death, taxes, and Tennessee beats Kentucky. <laughs> like, you're really going to be arrogant? Like, let's count how many times you've beaten us in the whole record. Right. Like, so every team has that. Those delusional fans. Those, like, like think about the year that Detroit and the pros went winless. That uh, season, there was ago? still probably insanely <laughs> annoying Tiger fans. You know, just those. Oh, yeah. Those just so enveloped in it and so loyal that they stay annoying and they haven't won a game but you would right. think they were undefeated right the more that Missouri keeps winning the more people are going to start becoming that the bandwagon the bandwagoners I mean, I mean how uh, many times in the last 20 years have we seen bandwagon Patriot and Bama Todd fans just show up oh it's because of the it, Brady years for the Patriots and since Saban's come to Bama uh, you don't even have to put a a, a tag on a specific fan base it's Tennessee. whoever's winning I, I made the yeah, comment last whoever's week whoever's winning I made the comment last week where have some of you all been for the last right. 15 years where were you guys for Butch Jones where were you guys at when I was there in the stadium like where were we all for Pruitt <sighs> yeah so are we leaving in the third quarter because we're not coming back <laughs> you know I mean right where were you all um I, I, I just I've, I've as much as as much as part of me would love to see Georgia taken down, I don't want to be Missouri <laughs> at the top with Kentucky. Right. I'm like, Missouri, come on. But They're 5-0. Oh. Like, when th- did this happen? Right. 
I, I agree, and I think looking into it, I think if you put Mizzou and Kentucky against each other, which of course is going to happen, eventually it is going to happen. Somebody has to lose. I think Kentucky will take them. I hope. I think Kentucky is the most physical team in the SEC East this year, mm. by far. They're they're one of the top ones that I can say they can beat anybody on any given day. Yeah. You put the blue wall is up. Last year, last year with us going to Kentucky Mm -hmm. and getting the win, it was based more off of one, we were going up against a secondary QB. Yeah. Um, They tried trickeration that because Beamer Ball is what it is, they basically had everything scouted and snuffed out. Mm -hmm. And three. There were just so many of those special teams plays on South Carolina's side that went South Carolina's way mm-hmm. is how we were able to get that victory. Because had it not been for that stuff, Kentucky should have handily beaten South Carolina last year. And I know a lot of South Carolina fans would be like, no, that's not. But since Stoops has been in Kentucky, they are no longer just a basketball school. Stoops has firmly cemented them into the the annals of of college footballdom. In you know for Kentucky, um, but yeah, I I I think Mizzou's going to take this, and I think it's going to be a as weird as this sounds, a home upset. Yeah. For for Mizzou against the LSU Tigers. Yeah. I'm going to go with Mizzou wins against LSU. Um, I know I'm going against Vegas. And Vegas has been pretty decent this year. Um, but as much as I'd hate to see it, I also kind of want to see the story of Kentucky or Tennessee who, dis- who upsets Mizzou this year. Yeah. Yeah. So Mizzou beats LSU. All right, last one, and we've already alluded to it. Number 20, Kentucky, traveling to Sanford Stadium for yet again one more home game for the Bulldogs. UGA favored by 14.5 points right now. Over-under on that game is 47.5 points. The biggest story for this game is can Ray Davis continue that amazing, amazing mojo that he had last week where he ran dang near a mile, mm. mm-hmm. amassing three or four touchdowns on the day mm-hmm. against the Georgia front seven? I hope so, Mm. Uh, and that's all I'm going to put into this one is nothing but hope because I really have no idea. I don't think I can try to break this game down and make it make sense to where either team is going to 100% be favored over the other in any capacity. Of course, like I said, Vegas thinks that that, Georgia's a a two-touchdown favorite, just over two-touchdown favorite, with it being a low-scoring game. So that means that they're anticipating it being nothing but a defensive battle for this one. I don't buy it. I think Georgia also has Brock. Yeah, I think more points will be scored than than the forty-seven and a half points. Mm. But I also see 
especially if 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 Davis can get going, that's going to open up for something that Georgia has not seen yet is a very strong, powerful front offensive line that can that has a running back that can get behind those guys and then find those openings and be able to break free and get downfield. And if they can get that established and early, then I think the the passing game for Kentucky can open up and Georgia has already been suspect as it stands whenever it gets to people getting into the uh, uh, second level past that Georgia front seven. If you get past the Georgia front seven and you open up on them in the first half when they have statistically been... But you're going to have to open a massive door. This is going to have to be like they a, have to a, come a back roll-up... Four or five positions. Know, uh, uh, service center yes. garage door type yes. hole that's going to have to, to be um, made to... to keep Georgia from, from if come half scratching time, back. You're up by two or three possessions. Shocking the first half Georgia that has statistically I, been I'm gonna have to go ahead and say more than more than, more than two touchdowns just because of the fact that you look at what South Carolina had as fourteen to three going into halftime and Georgia comes back and wins twenty four fourteen. So you go up three or four possessions. And even then we're saying that's not comfortable. Yeah, against um, against a Georgia team. Against a second is, and a half Georgia yeah. team. Especially if they get the ball in the second half. If you can blindside them, keep the big blue wall up, your running back does what he has done in the last few games. And if by the start of the third quarter you're up three or four possessions on them and that blue wall stays up the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. You could see blue on the field. Oh, for sure. Uh, that I think could, that, that this would, is a that game would we'll turn see. into a storm. We'll, this is a. I think this is a game, and I, and I know that there's been a thing, a big thing lately going on, especially in SEC schools, is where homers aren't opening up as much tickets to away fans anymore. Oh, that way they can't overtake a yes. stadium. Yes, well, they can't overtake a stadium. They can't be as loud they, because southeastern teams, especially in the east, are known to travel really well. Oh, yeah. So if you have the Blue Nation, enough of the Blue Nation there, and you upset the number one Georgia Bulldogs, the people chasing a three-peat in an undefeated season, um, you you – won't be able to contain the blue <laughs> wave that strikes the hedges. Um, right. Rightfully so. If I, if I were there at the game and I were in blue, I'd storm the hell out of that field. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> rightfully so. Those hedges would look like they did after South Carolina exactly. upset Georgia I, I'd, in I'd, I'd burn, 2019. I'd burn them down. Um, so, I know I said that I, I reserved my upset for Arkansas, but uh, I'm going to have to say... I think Kentucky shocks the planet. Plays ball that they've never played before. Yep. And and upsets number one Georgia. I'm with you on that one. Again, I mean, that I one was will, my upset. Monday pick I will for be wearing week. blue. Uh, would be the. I think I might would even do that <laughs> one too. Uh, don't quote me, but yeah. You, uh, you may see me have something blue on. Something blue. Socks. Something. Something. <laughs> yeah. And and that's the thing is is that's where a lot of and it's 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 weird 
that I will also say about the SEC, and you could probably even say it about really any any. It's weird how we can go against one another week in and week out, but when you see those powerhouses start forming, you'll see unification of all the others. Like, I would say that most of the SEC right now is like ready for the cats to beat them. Yeah, they're ready. Yeah, yeah. You know, Missouri fans are going to be cheering for Kentucky. Gamecocks, Vols, Gators—they're all going to be cheering for Kentucky that day. Right. Because, I mean, and that's I mean, what you—that's what you amass when you do what Georgia's done yeah, the last if, two years. If Georgia goes down, of course, like we said, that puts Mizzou and Kentucky mm-hmm. in that number one slot with everybody else vying for second right now. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'll even say, like, before yeah, last Carolina, year. Carolina and Vanderbilt are out at this point. We've both got two conference yeah. losses. Before last year, uh, we had beaten Georgia sooner than Florida and Bama before last year. Yeah. The the Hail Mary upset by Josh, Josh Dobbs. Yes. Um, in 2016. So, we're not, like, on this long-standing loss streak. No. Against them. But I'm still like, it helps us even more. Like, if we can deflate them, I don't think they're dangerous, yes. They are at a point where they're reloading instead of, instead of, you know, they're at next man up. Yeah, we don't rebuild, we We don't reload. Yeah. And that's fantastic, and that's great. Everything that's going against Georgia, statistically to three-peat, is like, we made a reference earlier is like before everybody came back in Endgame, when it was just Cap standing looking right. at Thanos' army, statistically three-peating, right. everything in the universe is playing against you. Right. That's why it's never done. Right. I mean, even Bama didn't do it. Right. Ohio State didn't do it. Mm-mm. So, I think one of those statistics is the Kentucky Wildcats. And the way they've played. On your left. On your left. Ah. And that's going to be the game that everybody's watching. Yeah. Game days. Well. Surely they are, right? No. Really? Because you know why? Why? The biggest game of the week. Okay. Pate State's going to be there. Uh, Barstool will probably be there. uh, uh, Barstool will probably be there. I know game day is going to be there because the celebrity guest picker is uh, Tampa Bay quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Okay. It's the Red River Shootout, OU, Texas. Oh. Yep. Never mind. Yeah. That and is. that is a noon kickoff. Number 12, Oklahoma, travels to Dallas to the Cotton Bowl for the Red River Shootout. Uh, we're not going to get too deep into it. Uh, but that is our bonus game of the That is the episode. bonus game of the week. <laughs> uh, Texas is favored by five and a half points. Over-under on this game is 61 points. Both of them are coming into the SEC this at the end of the chance. season. This is their chance to say who's going in. Yeah, which one of us is going in yeah. on top? Dude. I... I <laughs> This one is one that we can just post to the to the audience as to who they yeah, think is going to win this one, because I I don't care until they come to the SEC. I have not a care in the world as about a, either one. As a Gamecock next year, we have to go to Norman and play them in oh, Oklahoma. Really? 
Yeah. We have played Oklahoma recently. That was the first time we hit jet engine loud because yeah. we had, had them beat 90% of the game. Yeah. Um, and, of course, there's the Texas and, crap. And I'm, yeah, horns down. I, I don't, I really don't care for either one of these teams. This is one of those where I wish both of them could lose. You know that moment in Dark Knight Rises when Bane comes out on the football field? <laughs> what a lovely singing voice. <laughs> this is your reckoning. <laughs> and the field gets destroyed and yeah. nobody plays. Yeah. Um, Not that we wish harm on anybody no, physically no. in any capacity. We just I hope they'll live. I just this this whole game, game just care. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't pick a winner. I don't really care. We'll pose this to the audience. Uh, let us know. Yep. who's who's taking the dub in in this one? The the Horns or the Sooners? Uh, I would imagine good old Jr. will be there for this game, Boomer riding Sooner. out, riding out on the, the stagecoach as he does in big trying games, to, trying to run over McConaughey, uh, McConaughey on the yeah. sideline. <laughs> Like, no, 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 man. I tell you what, there, it's gonna be a slobber knocker. Like, well, like that, like that, Matthew McConaughey, it's gonna be a slobber knocker, boomer sooner. And he's like, man, I, I don't know, JR, it's just gonna be crazy, man. It's gonna be all right, all right, all right, no matter what happens. What? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't care. It's, it's a big game because, like I said, the other implication, the, the sub genre, the subplot going on in this is next year they're both with us in the SEC. And Who then, can make an impact before they enter? And then looking at this, I mean, with the exception of Georgia, they would be coming in, sitting in the number two and number three spots in the SEC hierarchy. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, give us your thoughts on it. Yes. TLDTube23 at gmail.com, or you can head over to the Legend Studios Facebook page and drop your answers in over mm-hmm. there. Guys, this has been another awesome episode of the Cocky Top Podcast for the Week 6 preview. Gamecocks are off. Volunteers are off. They are getting healthy. They are getting better and better each week. We have given you our thoughts and predictions for this Week 6 slate of games for the entire SEC as well as the bonus game being the Red River Shootout between Oklahoma and Texas future members of the very SEC conference that we love and mm-hmm. we love to cover mm-hmm. each and every week. Guys, on behalf of all of all, Tyler McDaniel, I mm-hmm. am forever to the Gamecock Brian Lowe, and we will see you on the next episode.